Good morning, Your Honors. My name is Scott Pointer. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, Mount Home originally. Uh, I represent I-Square Management Company and uh, Arkansas Knoxville Hotel, the appellants in this case. Uh, Judge Loken, you were talking earlier about a case being decided on the law. This one's going to have to be decided on facts. Uh, the facts are going to be really important to this appeal. Um, the posture of this case was this is a motion for summary judgment by the defendants. And um, hope we don't have to find any. No, sir. They're all in the, you know, the ones, the issues raised have the facts there. So um, I'm going to be talking about facts for the most part this morning. Um, thank you for allowing us to have oral argument because the concept of a special relationship, um, well, I've told somebody before that I thought it was spongy. The, the, it, there's not a great deal of development of what that is, um, at least within the Arkansas appellate courts or within the Eighth Circuit. Um, which which the, do you think the correct legal standard to apply is? Is it the Stokes factors or is it the Bulow factors? Well, the way that I'm reading the decisions is all that is required for the establishment of a special relationship is that it be something more. Those are the quotes of the opinion, and I think that's Bulow. Something more than special standard from relationship. In a New Hampshire case. Set as, as set as the starting point for the court proceeding. That's not. I don't read that as law. Well, First of all, it's, it's here's it's my. Part of, it's an intermediate appellate court. I understand. And Stokes it, is a high court, but that was that was dicta from a New Hampshire court. The the Bulow court, the Stokes court, and I think Judge um, Brooks in the West, Western District of Arkansas talk about the factors. We we certainly go through the factors in our briefing. Um, but there isn't clear a clear definition. It doesn't appear to me, at least, Judge so, Coates, so about what a special relationship is, other than it's not, sta so, not so a standard. So you don't think Stokes or Bulow are controlling is a control our analysis? No, I think that they talk about factors, and uh, they they specifically say, in other cases, say certain facts would lean towards finding the special relationship. For example. I think it's Bulow that talks about promises being made of higher degree of skill or promises being made as to certain experience. And Bulow says those facts are factors to be considered as to whether there's a special relationship. I kind of thought Mann's was the most important of the three. What did because, you think about that? again, it's the Supreme Court, and it, it specifically um, purports to follow... Uh, Stokes, but but with a little more development, so to speak. It might be, but how do you, how do you distinguish man's? Uh, because if we just look at our reply brief, um, there are over seven pages with twenty-eight separate factual points on what we believe are the facts in this case that give rise to a finding of a special relationship. And in looking at the case law too, I think it's important. That, for example, Judge Brooks, in writing in the uh, Warren versus Holland decision, says this is a fact-intensive issue that is typically left to juries, and you see that also uh, being said in, in some other opinions around the country 
not Mann, not not Bulow, and not Stokes. But there's they don't significant say that specifically. other case laws saying it's it's not a jury question. Would you agree with that? And I think those cases predate Warren and postdate Warren. I, I guess I, I do disagree because when I did research around the country, it seemed close to me that the judges, by and large, were saying. Well, I'm talking specifically in jurisdiction here, in, in terms of in, what? in Arkansas. But you're talking specifically about about Warren. Arkansas. I mean, Warren is out there, and, and you rely on it. But aren't there cases before and after Warren that disagree with it, or at least follow a different path? Um, I think they if they don't agree. They don't disagree with the analysis. I think they say that the facts of our case are different and don't rise to that level. Um, I think our case is more in line with the Western District of Arkansas case, uh, because I think our facts, uh, well, I think, one, we got more facts, and two, I think we've got better facts. Um, you know, from the start, um, we didn't go out looking for a new insurance agent. We, My clients were well-established. The I-Square Management Company had been around for years. It's had been doing its, its work in terms of managing hotels, constructing new hotels, um, remodeling old hotels and then managing them for a number of years. They had a friend as an insurance agent in Pine Bluff that uh, provided all their insurance needs as their agent. Um, what was viewed by Stephen LaFrance, who was an investor in iSquare, was that there was a web of complexity in that having each project separately insured so when Mr. France tells USA Drug, his insurance agent well, says, well, can you help me create some let's more Let's go income? to the facts. I find the most telling facts here are the lack of involvement of the agent and the agent's relationship in the, in the, in the Knoxville project. The way the, way the, way the involvement was originated came as described in, in the opponent's brief, I, I find the, that to be a very strong scenario suggesting something other than the kind of special relationship that would have created an affirmative duty in that situation. I, I, two things to that. One, I think, and I called it spin in my reply brief, that was their inference from certain facts that they like, in that well, the guy. The, 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 wait, the the, the the creditor creditors uh, going to the general contractor about the insurance got it all started, right? No, it, so it was it's in, actually it, it was in it wasn't in, it wasn't in response, you know. And then Liberty Mutual comes in, um, which probably had the after the fact, the greatest exposure here, and somehow provided all this help in the, your attempt to create a special relationship, when in fact the, the, the scenario for what was insured, what everybody thought was insured by Liberty, and they said, oh, no, it isn't, um, was not, a, was not a, wasn't known to the, to the agent. Let me, let me answer your question directly. Number one, we're entitled to the inferences here. Number two, with respect to the Knoxville project, well, number on one, the lender... On wait, wait, you're entitled to inferences what? 
As to the facts, we're entitled to inferences as to what those facts reveal um, uh, on a summary judgment motion where we're the uh, defendant to that motion. Uh, the district court must uh, give us the benefit of the doubt, if you will. Uh, and, and instead, this district, this district court disagreed with us. But I want to answer the factual question specifically as it related to Knoxville. Number one, it was the lender that wanted the builder's risk insurance. It was a requirement of the lender. Two, in the prior projects that I-Square Management had, which had the same general contractor, we had builder's insurance in place in many of those uh, situations. Three, I-Square put Nicholas Hall of McGriff in touch directly with both the lender and the general counsel uh, to discuss this issue and look into this issue and advise I-Square on whether it needed builder's risk. That, Your Honor, is involvement in the project. So may, maybe he didn't physically travel to Knoxville, but he was involved in the project and he was involved in prior projects with I-Square specifically the Northwest Arkansas projects and the Memphis project. So there was involvement even though there was not physical trips to Knoxville. After he talked with and communicated with the lender and with the general counsel, he asked for the contract itself, the remodeling contract. He received that. He also asked for the warehouse insurance policy and he received that. Um, that also is direct involvement with the project. He then advised the client, I swear, in writing, you do not need builder's risk. The policy that we put in place for you and that we recommend in, in August of 2018 covers all perils. Now, Judge Loken, you mentioned the Liberty Mutual uh, investigation after the flood. They interviewed Mr. Hall and there's a memo, we call it the Magui memo in our briefing, where he says, one, after he interviewed Mr. Hall, that he understood that the FF&E was in a warehouse off-site. And two, that he understood, quote, assumed that the warehouse insurance would cover any loss. So he made a mistake and advised his client the wrong way. But the crux of... What's in this appeal is whether there was a special relationship. I kind of analogize this between general causation and specific causation. Everything that I went through with respect to the project in Knoxville is specific to the advice that he eventually rendered. Everything that sets up the relationship itself going back to the fact that I-Square was targeted, that it was solicited, that it was made promises of increased skill, expertise, sophistication, and changing the insurance business of I-Square to one global policy to cover everything is the general nature of the relationship. In all, with the totality of the circumstances, that is a special relationship. Our client relied on well, Mr. Hall's advice. I don't see an Arkansas case that supports that. I, 
With respect, I see a lot of a lot of maybe dicta, maybe not dicta, and factually distinguishable cases to the contrary. I think if if you parse out certain things, for example, they say, "Well, this is only a two-year relationship. It should should have been longer." So that there are certain factors that weigh against special relationship, but there are a lot of things that we go through, particularly in the reply brief in the timeline that we created that states the facts and then provides where it is in the law, whether it's the Bulow case or one of the other decisions. So we are tying facts to where certain decisions from our appellate courts in Arkansas have said way to the advantage of a special relationship being found. You know, you keep coming back to the Rule 56 standards, but this is an issue of law. I disagree because I think it's a fact issue, and I'm not trying to upset you, no, Your Honor. I mean, but what I mean, I'm, it may, it, what, obviously, it's like many issues of law, it turns on facts that, can, that may or may not be disputed, and the dispute may or may not require evidentiary development, but they're not for a jury at trial. Well, the decisions, and, and even Judge Moody's decision says, can a reasonable jurors find a special relationship on these facts? So I think everything turns on the facts and the factors within the decisions that Judge Cobes had been talking about. We think that we meet the factors. We applied the factors in our reply brief to each factual circumstances within page 3 through about 11. Um, so we're trying to tie the law to those facts, Your Honor. I'm into my reserve time. Uh, I'd like to reserve the rest of it, Your Honor. Ms. Jones? Yes, Judge, good morning. Is it still morning? Can we count it? May it please the court, Kristen Jones here with my colleague Brad Sears for McGriff Insurance Services. And I too thank the court for uh, having us here today. We, um, I would like to jump in with uh, what Judge Loken started with. Let's look at the facts since that is uh, really what uh, Mr. Pointer wants to talk about. And I would encourage the court to really look at what they have presented before you. And, and I'll back up and say that I actually do agree that not only is Stokes controlling and those, those three factors, but even uh, Bulow, even with the additional uh, things and points that it discusses, it's applying Stokes and applying the prongs of Stokes. And both Stokes and Manns are the two prevailing Arkansas Supreme Courts on point that this court sitting in diversity jurisdiction must follow. So the uh, first point that, that Mr. Pointer pointed out is that McGriff reached out to I-Square for this business. Uh, this 
First of all, there's no authority that even hints that a broker's pursuit of uh, a client can trigger a special relationship. And if that were the case... I don't, I don't see case, why I just don't say that doesn't matter. Who, who reached out? I, that's, the way, that's the way the marketplace works. I, I, I couldn't agree more, Your Honor. Thank you. Uh, it, it, and if that were the case, I think the, the exception would swallow the rule, which is also what the trial court below found as well. Also, that they were highly skilled experts, or uh, that that they could do a better job than sounds the like puffery. <laughs> we, we heard a lot about puffery earlier. Yes, um, I, again, a standard sales pitch. I don't know an agent that would say, "Eh, we're average. We probably, you know, wouldn't do it as well as the, the other guy." But um, uh, so again, even under Stokes, we're not looking at that does not fall under one of these prongs so what, that what kind of what kind of case is this this is a contract case or a torch case this is a negligence case your honor this I'm sorry this is a negligence case your honor they've they've alleged that uh, we had a, a but duty. the scope of the duty scope of the duty is, is determined by the nature of the relationship which is essentially a contractual one right uh Yes, the, Your Honor. The notion, the question is, what was the nature of the deal? What was the All nature right. of so the relationship? So, at, at bottom, we've got a contract problem. Sure, and and in this case, there there are the record is clear that there are no terms in the agreement. There was why, no. Why wouldn't it just be a breach of contract? I guess that's just the way they pleaded it. Yes, Your Honor. That's, I have some. You know, I keep my mind keeps going to the notion that maybe what's going on here with a special relationship idea is a kind of quasi fiduciary situation or something like that, which I agree. which uh, raises tort like considerations. So, but I guess it doesn't really matter how you characterize it. The whole point is what was the deal, right? Right, and here they're trying to place a duty on. Their insurance agent to ensure e n s u r e that a a piece of property and let me be very clear about this we're talking about a piece of property an offsite storage warehouse that McGriff knew nothing about so and and I can get into some of the the facts uh, about that as well but whether or not that McGriff had a duty to ensure that this separate property was insured against um, natural disaster, in this case, a flood. And and the law in Arkansas and... Uh, well, doc documents could create that specific duty documents for one, for one project. Uh, why, absolutely. Why can't testimony? Well, Your Honor, testimony, first of all, a self-serving affidavit saying that uh, they believed there was a special relationship is no, clearly no, no. insufficient. I mean, if, if, if I-Square had come along when, this, when, the lend, when the lender went to the general contractor for, Knox, for the Knoxville contract and said, I'm, I'm worried about the insurance, what's the status? I-Square could have gone to McGriff and said... Will you will you assume the duty to track this down and and resolve it? Correct. Now, they, Judge Judge Arnold says whether it's almost quasi fiduciary, but in any event, now there's a contractual obligation to do that. 
Yes, and there's even case law that uh, says that you can assume that duty. And we acknowledge that this, the Bollinger case, this is um, a 2018 case from Arkansas Court of Appeals, uh, that was a case where the agent set, was presented with an issue and the agent said, yes, we will handle it. And the court said, okay, this was, uh, even though there is not a standard duty or there would not otherwise be a duty, the agent actually assumed the okay, duty so, here. So why isn't, why isn't there a, 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 disputed, a fact dispute on that here? Because we, there is no evidence that they came to uh, McGriff and asked for for them to investigate the insurance on the warehouse. In fact, there's contrary evidence that I think didn't you they, indicated. Didn't they ask, should we have business risk insurance on the warehouse? Oh yes, to to address so, that. Why doesn't that? get them past summary judgment. So so to be clear, they asked whether or not they should have business risk insurance on the Arkansas Knoxville Hotel. This is why I want to be very clear. Okay, what's the site that, for that, for the distinction? Uh, I know that becomes significant. Sure. Um, the, let me see. In my shorthand notes, let me see if I can pull. Perhaps my colleague can grab that for us while while I continue. Um, I they asked for whether or not there was a builders whether or not they should obtain builders risk insurance on the hotel, the hotel project, and. Um, well, the hotel project maybe is a little different. I, I'm sorry. Only question asked and answered was whether builder's risk was needed, and here's the quote, for construction being done at the Knoxville Marriott. Um, so there's there's that distinction. But I also, the... the, now, the now, did you, can you give me the site? I don't know what you were reading from. It is in the McGriff Appendix um, 210 to 212. This is the email from Shosh Goyle, who is the um, I Square principal, and and he was that was his uh, distinction. But he was distinguishing in that email between his request for builders insurance uh, between the hotel and the okay. warehouse. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, Brad. So. And also, so the, the let it, it, what's what's peculiar here is this focus on business risk versus versus property coverage. I mean, it seems it, if the hotel, if if the Liberty people had been asked and said, "You have you have property and you have fire and insurance for the hotel, but not for the warehouse." Then the easy answer would have been, well, well, you know, do a, a special, um, do an addition to the policy, add it to the policy. Absolutely, they could have easily amended and added it to the Liberty Mutual so policy. How does business, I, I know business risk covers a little more and different, but why is that even involved here? Uh, well, I'll I'll let. Um, well, no, why? The, why? 
So I square just just asked about business risk. Yes, they had had two prior uh, ground up constructions, I believe, in Northwest Arkansas that their prior uh, agent had placed builders risk insurance on. And my understanding of the record is that the contractor, when they began the renovations of the Knoxville Marriott Hotel. And again, a distinction between whether or not um, you know the, the prior hotels were ground up and this hotel was simply a renovation. And all that uh, all that I Square asked McGriff was to see if they needed builders' risk insurance on this renovation. And Mr. Hall talked to the contractor, and he talked to well, the Liberty Mutual why agent. Contra and contractors interested in what's being constructed. And that's, he that's what his lenders right. worried about. In the warehouse, that's operational. You know, that, that's post-hoc. Yes. But how does business risk get into the conversation between I-Square and, and um, um, McGriff? My understanding is that they that the contractor wanted to make sure it was the construction project was adequately covered and and the contractor the, asked about business risk or I, I believe that that is how the conversation I, I and I'm I welcome clarification on that point but really what is extremely critical here and and to note is not only would, as, as you pointed out, if they had known about the warehouse, they could have added it to the Liberty Mutual policy. There would have been no reason to get builder's risk insurance. They, they being, because it, being who? Being I-square. Or, uh, no, I'm well, sorry, McGriff could have, if McGriff had known about the warehouse, if I-square had told McGriff right. about the warehouse, then they could have added it to the I Liberty. I-square presumably knew. I square presumably knew, and that's where I was going. They actually then looked to the contractor, Mr. Shively, and CCG, and then um, a a woman by the name of Shelley McNeely, who they actually contracted with uh, to facilitate the warehousing, and and they and then she entered into or through the general contractor entered into a contract with Armstrong Relocation Services, and each time that the that I Square needed a certificate of insurance or needed any sort of um, insurance confirmation on the warehouse, they went to Miss McNeely and Armstrong. And that, I think, is a real nail in the coffin because even if we had known about the warehouse and, and had this duty that they're, they're trying to put on McGriff, if we had inquired, I-Square would have told us that the insurance was handled elsewhere. And, and this goes actually to, we, we presented two additional points uh, or ways that this court could further af affirm the trial court's judgment. And this, is, this goes to a causation point, that how could we have caused this, their, their ultimate damage in this if, if they were, uh, even if we had known about the warehouse, that they didn't. Uh, that they were looking to another party to to certify their insurance. We 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 could not be. We don't have this exceptional duty uh, beyond doing what a reasonable insurance agent well, would do. Well, I assume that their answer would be that we, we, 
the special relationship gave you a duty to find out that, that, that the, uh, you were looking to the wrong people to answer the FFE insurance question. But if you look at, we uh, cite Wagner versus General Motors, and this really brings home that that duty is not limitless. We only would have to uh, reasonably advise on insure, uh, insurance coverage matters and reasonably investigate facts applicable to such coverage. And so we would not have had this unlimited duty to ferret out you know, oh, is there enough coverage on the warehouse? Should we see the traveler's insurance policy? Could we, that, that the case law simply does not require us to, to really go that far above and beyond. Um, and in your view, is this analogous to the discussion in MANS about whether the banking special, alleged banking special relationship extended to or spilled over to uh, the, the bank needing to be aware of insurance problem, an insurance problem. Uh, Seems to me the court was saying that. Um, Your Honor, I don't a, have... A, a, a man's argument is one of implied trust grounded on a special relationship based on course of de dealing. Her proof falls short of substantial evidence which is necessary to ward off directed verdict because the duty, the duty was based on a banking relationship. Correct, and in Mans, the court specifically says that reliance is not enough. Right, reliance that Mans uh, granted directed verdict on that exact uh, and they, issue. And they link special relationship to Judge Arnold's point about. It sounds like a breach of some kind of fiduciary duty. That's correct. So I agree. So Mans links the two. I, I, I agree with that assessment. I see that I'm out of time. Uh, we have uh, a, another point before the court, the lack of proximate cause uh, due to um, McGriff's failure to read the contract. We'll take that on the brief. Thank you, Your Honor. Appreciate it. There's three points I'd like to make. Number one, she ended about the contract. She said our client never read the insurance contract. That, that to us is hypocritical because their client, Mr. Hall specifically, asked for the building contract, which provided for off-site storage, and he said he never read it. Um, so the, the documents that he had specifically provided for off-site storage and a warehouse. Two, Warehouse is clearly an issue of fact. They're saying that he that Mr. Hall did not know about the warehouse, but the Magui memo that I referenced in my opening. Give me a cite to that. I, you, you yes, sir. That's a name that I don't understand. Exactly. Uh, it is in April, it's dated in April of 2019. We reference it on page 10 of our reply brief. In the appendix, it's at 197. The specific document number for the district oh, court right. below. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, but that memo, Your Honor, talks about how 
how Mr. Hall knew in the fall of 2018 that there was off-site storage in a warehouse, and he, quote, assumed that the warehouse's insurance was going to apply for that inventory. So there is a clear question of fact. We will certainly, our Exhibit A is the Magui memo to the jury because it lays out that he knew about the warehouse and he assumed that the warehouse's insurance would cover. Um, Judge Arnold, I think it was you that talked about assumption of duty. It may have been Judge Loken. In the specific context of the Knoxville project, Mr. Hall was asked, do we need builder's risk insurance? Judge Loken, the lender had it as a requirement to have builder's risk insurance. So it came out or grew out of that context. The Northwest Arkansas project and the Memphis remodeling project all had the same GC that was the GC for Knoxville. He said, hey, I've got builder's risk on my projects in Northwest Arkansas. Do I need builder's risk here? So the lender and the GC wanted builder's risk. Guess what? Nick Hall communicated with both of them directly and participated in the project, assumed the duty, the chore of advising his client do you need builder's risk? He chose to take that on, and he advised the client, don't buy it. Now, why is that just a separate deal without, forget about special relationship, just a separate contract that you could have this action You know, Your Honor, I think, that, I think that contract could be a separate theory here, but it was, this case was pled more as a malpractice I'm case. Just, I'm just trying to trying to get to Occam's razor here and get to the simplest solution. And I just don't. But in any event, we'll, we'll deal with it the way it's pleaded. Thank you, Your Honor. Right. Any other Thank questions? You. Thank you. The you know, argument's been very helpful in clarifying uh, at least the facts. We can't clarify the law, but we can work on that now. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank or you. at least in this case, the Arkansas Supreme Court ultimately controls the... Uh, law that we have to apply here. Uh, the case is interesting issue. We'll take it under advisement.